Hello, welcome to Brain Fog Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Tia Wood. So, really small life update before we unpack all of this. I am becoming a yoga teacher. I've pretty much dedicated my life to yoga, and for the past few months, I've been in yoga teacher training. And something that, well, there's a lot of things that I've learned from yoga that I would like to implement in my content creation, but one of which being I would like to start each episode with an intention. My intention for episode 18, but really episode one, if we think about it, since it's been over a year. Huh? It's been over a year since I've uploaded, so it's kind of, even though it's the same host and the same title, a completely different podcast. And my intention for this episode is to create a bridge between me and you. A new bridge of communication, of connection. And I invite you to either adopt the same intention or to come up with one of your own. If you want to like sit in silence for a second, maybe pause this and just wait for any messages, like maybe a word or a phrase comes to mind. Whatever popped in your head when I said intention, that's your intention for the next 40 minutes or however long I managed to talk. I already sat down to record um, I've had the intention of starting restarting the podcast for a few weeks now, but it just came to a point where I was like, if I don't do it now, it's never going to happen. So I recorded an episode. It was about being productive with brain fog, considering the podcast is called Brain Fog Podcast and I have never once discussed brain fog. I wanted to come back with, you know, a more on-brand episode, but it was so weird I wanted the podcast to be available on YouTube as well, and it still will be. It just won't be in video form. It'll still be audio, but just on YouTube as well. But like sitting in silence and talking to yourself is already pretty vulnerable, but then to have a camera on you and I can't like use editing to distract the viewer from (laughs) how I look and behave because it's long form content. So there's not really many cuts. It just, it added a whole extra layer of pressure that I just don't need. And it just, it just felt wrong. It felt fake (laughs) because it was to just come back after a year and two months or whatever and carry on as normal and not bring forth all of the wisdom that I have attained over the past year and not pass it along to you. Now that's not very fair, is it? So I thought like a good icebreaker and I guess to set the tone for the next season of Brain Fog Podcast, I wanted to talk about my last year and everything that I have learned. I know you guys love the content like this, the kind of advice, almost introspective philosophy, hello? Philosophical type content. And what better way to create connections than to share your story, right? And you know, spring is among us. There's change everywhere. Correct me if I'm wrong or reach out to me on Instagram if you are feeling this. I just feel like there is this tension in the air. Like everyone's kind of going through it right now. And with this last year being the most challenging year of my life and with most of what I'm going to talk about surrounding topics of mental health and resilience, recovery, and moving through tough times. It just feels right. It feels like somebody listening right now needs to hear what I'm going to say. So if that's you, I'm here for you and we're going to get through it together. 
You know what I mean? We're all really, we're all in this together, right? I also wanted to start off with a quote by Brene Brown. I have read almost every single one of her books. I love her. If you don't know, she's a shame researcher. She talks a lot about vulnerability, resiliency, and shame. And her books have helped me a lot. She also has a podcast. I think it's called Unlocking Us. She's also like super funny. You know, I love a good self-help with comedy. So she's someone good to check out uh, just to kind of keep you anchored and grounded. Joy collected over time fuels resilience. Resilience is something I'm going to mention a few times throughout this episode. The dictionary definition is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties or the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape, elasticity. Which segues us perfectly into the first lesson that I have written down in my iPhone notes app. Resilience is not a measure of strength. When we think of going through something hard and then bouncing back, at least for me, I thought the stronger you were, the easier it would be to bounce back. The more mental toughness you had, the easier it would be for you to recover from a traumatic event or a hard time in your life. That is incorrect. This is from a PubMed study that I will link in the show notes. Resilience is a positive adaptation after stressful situations and it represents mechanisms of coping and rising above difficult experiences, i.e. the capacity of a person to successfully adapt to change, resist the negative impact of stressors, and avoid occurrence of significant dysfunctions. It represents the ability to return to the previous so-called normal or healthy condition after trauma, accident, tragedy, or illness. In other words, resilience refers to the ability to cope with difficult, stressful, and traumatic situations while maintaining or restoring normal functioning. There are some things in life that no amount of therapy, mental strength, coping mechanisms can predict or handle. Now, I'm not a psychologist. In fact, don't listen to literally anything I'm about to say. I'm only qualified in my experience and in the research I did on Google, but basically humans in nature are a very resilient species. It's pretty incredible actually what we can handle, but there is a certain capacity. There is a threshold and when someone is traumatized, it basically means in layman's terms that it like crossed over that threshold. We are not invincible, right? And your ability to return to quote unquote normal after a traumatic event depends on so many factors, including physiological ones. I'm reading The Body Keeps a Score right now. If you don't know, it's a book about how trauma affects the body. So it ties greatly into your health, your physical health. There are some things in life that are going to require learning new coping mechanisms, finding a new normal, right? That will take longer to recover from. I think my ego definitely took a hit when I realized that it wasn't going to be super easy to recover from this last year and from the things that I went through. I think there's a lot of shame surrounding trauma because you don't You don't want to seem weak, right? You don't want to seem like you can't handle what life throws at you, which I think is a big reason why a lot of people with PTSD don't seek help because resilience is attributed to strength. Here's another quote from an article that I will link in the show notes. Resiliency is a safeguard against trauma and a path to recovery. Resilience is often confused for grit or strength, but this is not accurate. You cannot white knuckle or pull up your bootstraps to be resilient. Resiliency has so little to do with like your character 
character and so much more to do with your physiology and the intricacies and inner workings of the brain. You just don't know how a situation is going to affect you. Staying on the topic of like strength and trauma, trauma doesn't make you stronger, you make you stronger. We've probably all heard people say or maybe even said ourselves, said event made me stronger. Yeah, I went through this horrible thing, but it made me stronger as a person. Mm, bullshit. Bullshit. I know what someone means when they say that. I just think language is a powerful thing and changing the way that we talk about trauma and this way that we almost glorify trauma, again, because we think resiliency is associated with strength. So thinking that this traumatic event was for the better because it made me stronger, we already discussed is just not accurate. What is more accurate is that you went through something hard and you picked yourself up. You recovered. You put in the work. You believed in yourself and now you are stronger. I don't think trauma makes us stronger. I think trauma is something that happens in life and what we choose to do with that trauma, choosing to live, choosing yourself and your happiness and your future after trauma, that makes you strong. I'm gonna take a water break. I suggest you do the same. I also, over this past year, became water jug girl. I carry a two liter water jug with me everywhere. It's the only way I can, I will drink enough water. Change is the only constant in life. Who the fuck said it? Was it Teddy Roosevelt? Hold on, maybe I'll look it up before I just speak. Ben Franklin. In this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. Piggybacking off of that, the only guarantees in life are change and death. Everything is temporary. Things will always change. Con things are constantly changing. You are changing. The people around you are changing. The environment is changing. Circumstances are changing. Time is changing. Moments are fleeting as we speak. And I don't say this to scare you. I say this to empower you. I think realizing that everything is temporary makes everything so much more special because you know it's only here right now and it's not guaranteed to be here in the future. This realization really cultivated so much gratitude within me because I know that everything is fleeting. So I am so much more grateful right now for what I have. You just never know. And it is terrifying, but it's also so incredible that everything that exists only exists right now in this moment. The future isn't here yet. The past is gone. We can't possibly know or predict anything, right? And I think to resist change is to resist life itself. If you're not changing along with your environment, if you're not adapting, if you're not accepting life as it is in every moment, I think first of all, that's a huge hindrance to resiliency because you're not creating a habit of adapting to life's changes and you're not taking what you need from that change. I truly do believe that everything works out in your highest good. I don't want to be like, everything happens for a reason because I know how fucking annoying that sounds, but I think you can apply meaning to anything. We do it all day long, right? Humans love applying meaning to shit. So instead of thinking like, oh, fuck this, like <laughs> everything sucks, like look around, take note of what's happening and learn from it. I feel like you're not learning from the things that happen if you are 
resisting those things and your inner self is going to reflect your outside environment. So if you are learning from change, if you are adapting to change, that new knowledge is going to change you, which is another really hard thing. And you know, our ego lights up when we feel like our identity is being challenged or changed. We identify with certain things, right? I'm Tia. I'm a podcaster. I'm a video editor. Go check out my Fiverr. Link in the show notes. (laughs) I have a boyfriend. I'm a yoga teacher. You know, all of these things. But with the nature of life, being that everything is constantly changing, anchoring into those identities will make it even harder to accept change because you are unwilling to give up those identities because they have become part of your sense of self. Does that make sense? I always think of the analogy, you know, you're in a little canoe going down a stream. Resisting change, resisting life is like going against the current when you could just turn around and go with the flow, right? Doesn't that seem so much easier? Water break. Do you hear this? This is heavy duty. I've had it for a week and I've already dropped it and fucked it up. Also kind of circling back to this whole concept of like trauma affects your physiology. The mind-body connection is much stronger than we think it is. The way your mental health and physical health are so intertwined, they're pretty much one in the same. If there's something going on mentally, emotionally, you will feel that in your body if you tune into your body. If you're feeling sick and you have no other like, you know, underlying health conditions, so often it's because of the way you're feeling mentally or emotionally. I feel like burnout is a really good example of this. Like we've all been burnt out, right? We're all working individuals. We need to dedicate a lot of time to contributing to society in some way or another, doing that and also juggling family and romantic partners and friends and self-care like it can be a lot and in this like hustle culture it's really easy to just like work yourself into the ground and you're just sick and exhausted and weak and your weight changes and your appetite changes because you're mentally tired. So I guess that lesson is just not to underestimate the mind-body connection and by tending to your body, it's crossing over to your mind and vice versa. This next one was really important for me to learn, I think. To live fully means to feel pain. I think pain is a non-negotiable part of life. When we think about like our comfort zone, right? You want to stay in your comfort zone. You're not actually experiencing life because you're just in your own little comfortable bubble. You need to get uncomfortable. You need to risk feeling pain. You need to be vulnerable in order to live fully. Like that's just the way it is. And the biggest rewards come from the biggest risks. The way I learned this lesson actually was falling in love. Dating is terrifying right? Especially when we find someone that we really like. I want to make a whole podcast episode about this because the amount of courage it takes to open yourself up to somebody and risk being heartbroken, you cannot have love without heartbreak. And are you not going to experience, in my opinion, what we are here for? To feel love, to give love, and to take love and share love because you're scared of getting hurt? That's something I did for so long. And it was preventing me from creating real connections with the people in my life. I was so scared of being vulnerable. But what I 
got out of it is worth whatever pain that will come from it. And I think that that applies to most wonderful things that happen in life. Speaking of love, unconditionally love yourself through every phase. As you change, as you move through the seasons, whatever idea that you had of yourself, like I said, that ego, that identity is going to change, which is why unconditional love for yourself is so important. Everything I'm saying is so much easier said than done, especially this one, I feel like. You know, we talk about loving ourselves, but it's kind of surface level, like, you can love yourself right now. You can love yourself when you're making money and looking good. But what about when, you know, you lose your job or the way you look changes? The idea of who you think you are changes. Will you still love yourself? So I think the conversation needs to be shifted into unconditional love. No matter what, I will love myself. No matter what I look like. No matter what is going on in my life. Because I know that I am inherently worthy of love by nature worthy of love. It's not dependent on what my life looks like. It's not based on conditions. You know what I mean? Because the last thing you need when you're going through change, when you're feeling vulnerable, when you go through something traumatic or something painful, is to judge yourself. Oh, good morning. We're just gonna power through that. I wanted to sit by the window just because I was like, I need the sunrise right now. I need the that solar energy to help me power through this episode. And we are already 42 minutes in. Do you remember when I used to get tired after like 20 minutes? Welcome to Brain Fog Podcast. Like, I'm so excited. Water break. I can make a whole other episode about that too. Unconditionally loving yourself. How I cultivate unconditional love with myself and with life and people. Because it's just, it's a whole other topic to unpack. Don't underestimate the simple things when it comes to recovery. Drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, going outside, exercising, hanging out with friends, hanging out with family, service, volunteering, giving, self-care, doing a face mask. They're such small things and when we're feeling so like the lowest of the low, it's like that little thing, there's no way that little thing, that simple thing, can help me right now. Like this, it's too much. What I'm going through is too much. That is a lie. Do not underestimate the power of drinking enough water. I'm, that sounds so fucking stupid. Like, oh, you're depressed? Just drink water. Like, but (laughs) again, mind-body connection, taking care of your body, taking care of your mind. Have you ever felt like shit mentally and then ate like shit and then felt even worse and then the next day ate really good and ate whole foods yeah you might still be depressed but you feel so much fucking better exercise literally releases endorphins it releases feel-good chemicals like you cannot go wrong (laughs) it's just doing it it's just getting up and going to the gym it's picking up your phone and calling your friend It's deciding. It's deciding to do the thing that I think is the hardest part. But once you decide, which this all comes back to deciding that you're worth it. Choosing yourself, like I said. Choosing to make changes that will help you in your recovery. Because you need to decide, right? No one's going to decide for you. A therapist isn't going to, you know, call you and be like, hey, I heard you were depressed. Which is so fucking hard, especially when you're not feeling like yourself, feeling anxious, feeling depressed, whatever you're going through, it's so hard to think that it is worth it. There's a quote from the Bible that I white knuckle, (laughs) okay? I hold on to this quote (laughs) for dear life. I bring it with me everywhere. It's Matthew 17, 20. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, 
you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. This concept of only needing faith the size of a mustard seed, like as long as I have that, that is literally all I need. I'll actually do check-ins with myself when I'm struggling to choose myself, when I'm struggling to choose recovery. Do I have faith at least the size of a mustard seed? The answer is always yes. As long as I'm breathing, the answer is yes. And that's my deciding factor. The neighborhood is waking up. It's like 8.30 now. Also really hoping that this mic is picking up the bird sounds. Worrying about something is suffering through it twice. I'm gonna say that again. Worrying about something is suffering through it twice. How often do we worry about things that don't happen? Most of the time, right? Most of the things that we worry about do not happen. So by worrying, you are going through the emotional turmoil that that thing would have caused had it happened. So if it does happen, you are going through it twice. You are going through the emotional turmoil of that event twice. And then if it doesn't happen, you're going through it for no reason. <laughs> Again, so much easier said than done. You're like, Tia, I don't, I'm not trying to worry. I understand. But I think it's a good thing to remember when you're in this like thought spiral or experiencing intrusive thoughts, which is something that I experience a lot. I'm like, okay, experiencing this this hypothetical event in my head, is this helping me right now? Is this constructive? Do I think that experiencing it, putting myself through it is going to help when it actually happens? If it actually happens, like I'm somehow preparing myself, that's not how the human mind works, <laughs> like I said. And like the shit that we worry about, the shit that we get intrusive thoughts about are like absolute worst case scenario. Do you really think, like I said, resiliency, does not reflect your strength. That mentally going through the thing, feeling the emotional turmoil of that thing will better prepare you if that thing happens? Absolutely not. I don't believe it's constructive at all. No matter what your mind tells you like, oh, I need to freak out about this so I'm ready. Anxiety is a liar. Like don't trust a thing it says. And how do you know it's anxiety? You feel it in your body. I feel anxiety in my arms. That's how I know that it, it's just not real. Loss creates space. Again, it's really hard to like think positively like this when you're in the trenches of recovery, but when things leave your life, whatever space that that thing took up is still available. When something leaves your life, it doesn't take all of the possibilities of what could be in its place with it. Does that make sense? Sorry, we're approaching the time in the episode where like I'm feeling like my sentences aren't making sense anymore. Like I'm no longer speaking English. For example, uh, you have a toxic best friend and this is your childhood best friend. They've always been in your life, but they are just not good for you. Cutting out that person is making room for an incredible connection to come into your life. You just have to take the risk. And the last thing that I would like to leave you with is to trust life. If you can put your faith into something, you will never understand or predict. Something as confusing and wonderful as life itself, you will gain all of the courage you will ever need. The bravest thing someone can do, in my opinion, is to trust and let go. To live fully knowing you can't control what will happen and to be accepting of that. Can you think of anything stronger? I hope you took something from this episode, even if it's 
I'm never fucking listening to this bitch ever again. You know what? Trust your gut. You know what I mean? (laughs) I would like to make weekly episodes. That sounds nice. I'm very excited. I updated the podcast bio, so the show is going to be mainly centered around wellness and topics like this. I'm definitely going to discuss spirituality and living with chronic illness. I do have fibromyalgia, which is why the podcast is called Brain Fog Podcast, because I experience a brain fog on the daily. But you know, anxiety and mental health and everything, it's all tied with brain fog and stuff. And I also tend to have brain fog when I'm speaking into a microphone, so just thought it was fitting. I am no longer going to be running the podcast Instagram, I don't think. So most of the podcast updates and everything are going to be on my personal Instagram, which is at Tia Wood, T-I-A-W-O-U-L-D. If you listen this far, maybe rate the podcast. That would be cool. If you're on Spotify or Apple or whatever you're listening on, just, you know, give it five stars. That would help me quite a bit. I have a Patreon if you would like to support me for $1 a month. All of the links that I've mentioned will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here with me and I will talk to you soon.